Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lumicure, the World Messenger, and I have a very special guest today that I absolutely admire his work and who he is as a human, uh, as well what he is doing with his skill to make a tremendous impact in the world. Uh, obviously, uh, for everybody that had a chance to take a glimpse of promo that we shared earlier, Nick Nation, it's not just uh, award-winning, Emmy-winning, a director and documentary producer, but he's also a great storyteller, a great human that it's podcaster and also writes the songs that is best-selling uh, Wall Street um, best-selling uh, um, uh, sorry, <laughs> Wall Street best-selling author. Uh, so I wanted to just to say it's just a great honor to have you, Nick, here. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and uh, have a chat with you today. Thank you so much. Obviously, you have tremendous accomplishments, but we always love to start on these lives to give a point of reference to people. How did you start it? How did you pivot? And, and how did you get where you are today, please? Well, there's, there's a lot of story there, but I would say um, at the end of the day, I think I have been drawn to um, how I've been drawn to creative endeavors, whether it be uh, writing music, which is where I started or producing films. And, uh, I also have a, you know, we have an agency, but I think, I, I think more, maybe more important, we can talk about any part of the journey you want. It's just can be a long story, but I think the lesson I can impart from what I've learned to get where I am now would be, um, any, if there's anything that you want to do, um, just start by serving people, uh, and, and, it, that are within the realm of the type of people you want to serve and the, and ultimately uh, the opportunities just start to show up. And so, um, you know, I, I highly encourage that if people want to get whatever field they want to get into and, and it doesn't mean, well, it doesn't mean you have to work for free. It doesn't mean you have to mop floors. But I would say that as you choose what it is that you really, if you really desire something, um, you know, what are you willing to do? to make that happen. What sort of risks are you willing to take? But beyond all that, I've just found over and over again, when I, even when I'm not sure what to do, if I just show up and start serving people uh, again, opportunity just sort of bubbles to the surface. As far as my story, you know, look, I'm a, I'm an immigrant. My family moved to the United States from Barbados when I was just about to turn one. I have an older brother. Um, we were raised, uh, have really great parents, thankfully uh, still both healthy, you know, but we were raised to, to, to learn, you know, we learned about service and about faith and those things. And, you know, we were encouraged to get professions. Uh, my brother went, we both said, no, my, my brother ended up going to med school. He's a child forensic psychiatrist. So I was never going to get into med school. So I went to law school. Uh, and so, uh, but you know, I, I just tried to, uh, you know, there are certain things I've done, of course, like all of us, like jobs I got or things I just wasn't really fulfilled in and not that, uh, and sometimes I just had to suck it up, right? I just had to do it anyway because I, you know, I had my, I got married after my first semester of law school, had my first son a week after I took the bar exam and I've been married coming up on 19 years and have three healthy kids, thankfully, and a wife that still likes me also, thankfully, <laughs> but it was, you know, there are things you have to do like there, I, I would not, I don't want anyone to walk away saying, um, uh, oh, I just chased my dreams by serving. Well, yes, but let's also talk about like we all, there are other responsibilities. So I don't ever want to make things too simplistic, like take care of the responsibilities of people you have to take care of. But uh, if you're trying to find opportunity, you can usually find it well by serving others. So I went to law school, didn't really want to practice law, 
but uh, and started uh, and worked with a bunch of bands, uh, managed a bunch of bands, built brands for them. My mentor and business partner said, hey, if you did the same thing for business people, you might actually be able to feed your family. So I took that route. Uh, we did that. I built an agency that's uh, helped over 3000 entrepreneurs in 60 countries. But as I was doing that and serving them well with building their brands and positioning, I was able to get back to some things I was interested in. Certainly music. I have a songwriting deal in Nashville. And then I also started making films, which is something, a documentary film, something I'd never done before, but I was fascinated by it. And, uh, you know, it, it, that journey has been really interesting because it seems like the easiest thing I've ever done. I think it's because of the other things I have done in life and the mistakes I'd made that informed me. And I think that one of my biggest lessons from that would just be, I think it's felt so easy because I built teams of people around me who I'm not trying to do things that I'm terrible at. I'm trying to find people who love the things I don't like to do. And I'm just doing what I should be doing in the context of building a team that can execute. So there's a, a short, long answer to a complicated question. <laughs> Sorry for giving you the first complicated question out of the bat, but Nick, you're, you're doing fantastic. And, and I, I love what you share here from your immigrant uh, beginnings uh, coming as immigrant here and already accomplished an amazing American dream. And, and I just want to kudos you and as such a great role model and example for everybody who are trying to establish and some find their passion. The question it is, how did you find the passion? How did you get so fascinated about people and then find that niche that you're so exceptionally good at it? I mean, a lot of trial and error, a lot of what am I not really good at is, is certainly uh, part of it. And then uh, second of all, I think, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just like people. I, I have a passion for people. I also just enjoyed like, you know, in school, I, and I enjoyed lunch because I can actually hang out and talk to people. You know, there's been certain classes I've had that I, they were really engaging, but you know, I've always just enjoyed people and, um, you know, just I someone's asked me the other day, uh, trying to help me with something. They're asking me some questions. They said, you know, what are you really, really driven by at the end of the day? And I think at the end of the day with where I'm at now, I'm really driven by human resiliency and grit and how someone like, you know, when you see a story where someone loses two limbs and goes on to the Olympics, like you wonder, like, I don't know about you, but I, I think most people wonder like, how would I have responded to that? Like a car accident or a crime or like that. I'm amazed by what they've done. And would I have done the same thing? I interviewed a woman yesterday for my live streaming podcast, Laura Penhall, Laura uh, with a, a three other women rode in a rowboat unassisted from California to Australia, took her nine months. And I'm like, what, like, help me understand your mind. Like, how do you get to that? Like, what do you think? Like, so I'm just, I'm, I'm really sort of fascinated. I think in a way I'm sort of trying to prepare myself for when the, something really big happens, how am I going to respond? But I'm just fascinated by how other people respond to, you know, big challenges or big successes or whatever. So I think I've just always been curious about that. I will say from working with my, you know, now sadly past friend, Larry King, who passed away this last Saturday to, Peter Diamandis to, I would say without a doubt, Mark Cuban, the most successful people that I've interviewed have always, every one of them, every single one of them has brought up curiosity in their answers as like one of their secrets to success. And I think I've always been curious about people's mindsets and what brings them to where they are. So, uh, and I like people. I genuinely, I like hanging out with people. COVID's made that harder. I just like people. I like to see what lights you up and and, and how can we 
you know, how can we be human together? It's always been a fun, a fun uh, journey and adventure for me. That is fascinating and a fantastic way to really expand further because I, I love that passion. As you said, leveraging technology now and having different medium and ways to interact. And I actually took a glimpse of the of the show that you were mentioning. And, and it is unbelievable what human spirit can overcome and what can do. Sometimes specifically when we put ourselves in those situations, but what when we're surprised and by force of factors or nature are uh, put in that, that is completely different uh, perspective. But do you mind sharing since you now have mentioned Peter, I'm a big fan of Peter's work as well. Obviously, Larry King, who is with, uh, I'm sorry, uh, as well as where as many of the phenomenal uh, humans that you had a chance not only to interview but have a conversation with, share the stage but also reflect your life. So, do you mind? As you said, curiosity is one factor, but I'm sure it's a little bit more than that because all of you started and built yourself up over years and you did not give up, obviously, but there was a more to that ingredient. And do you mind just sharing again for people that are truly struggling? Because as we know, so many people are struggling right now, Nick, and what would you tell them uh, to really pay attention to? You know, um, Man, there's, there's a lot of things. Number one, um, and a lot of this, by the way, nothing I'm saying here uh, is typically anything I invented. I'm, what I'm, what maybe the best thing I could do for anyone here today is take the uh, millions of dollars I have spent and the thousands of hours I have spent with around amazing people on boards and doing projects and making films and whatever, and maybe just bring you back some of the best advice that I've gotten from anyone. Uh, so I'll try to give you a couple things that have really impacted me. Um, number one, I brought it up a little bit with serving, but my friend, Dr. Nita Cobain says a life lived in balance is a life lived in thirds, one third earning, one third learning, one third serving. And I think each one of those things uh, helps create, momentum for the other, which helps you grow and move uh, in the right in the right direction. I think uh, my mentor, Dan Sullivan, shares that we all have a unique ability. Um, and we we often are encouraged in it when we're really young. But then when we get put in the school system, I'm not knocking education, it's very important. But the way it has had to be delivered, or the way it has been delivered for hundreds of years now, requires a bunch of kids to do the same thing and not act out of line. But typically, some of that acting out of line is our unique abilities that we have to suppress. And it often takes till we're 65 to buy our way back out of debt to be able to, uh, to live in that unique ability again. So I would just encourage people, those who I know who are doing the best things in life are in a slightly more mature way, uh, acting the way they did from zero to five, where they were really excited, really motivated and having a lot of fun and being able and finding ways to make, provide value to other people in the world, uh, with that skill. Um, I would also say, that what Pete, what Peter taught me is a couple things. Um, the day before anything happens, it's just, it's a pipe dream. It's crazy. You're insane. The day before it happens, it's a possibility. And many others don't see that possibility. Um, I, I also, uh, I'll give you one more and I'll, I'll quit. You know, my friend, Jack Canfield, uh, who wrote chicken soup for the soul. He says, you know, he quotes a Walt Disney quote, you know, if you can dream it, you can do it. And on the surface, Super cliche, by the way, but when you dig in, it's not. Uh, when yes. you dig in the way Jack taught me to dig in, it's like, look, when you're given a dream and your brain, you're, you're inspired by something, you're given an idea, a dream. Uh, number one, 
uh, oftentimes you share that with other people and they don't share the same excitement you share. We've all had that happen. You share something, they just, they just dump on it. There's no way you shouldn't do that. What blah, blah, blah. And so, um, number one, realize that don't try not to react to that. Just, you have just try to respond and realize, okay, wait a second. That dream was given to me and the possibilities in my mind. I can't really be mad at someone else because that dream wasn't given to them. It was given to me. And we often want to like project, oh, you don't believe in me. You don't think I can do it. You don't, and you just got to let all that go and just say, you know what? That dream was given to me for a reason, not given to them. Um, you do have to realize if it is a dream that was given to you, that's not just you know, I mean, your, your mind does, uh, dream and not everything is for you. So, but if you decide a dream is for you, you also have to realize that you may need to change, uh, many things in your life to achieve that dream. You might, you might need to change the people you're spending time with, not because you don't love them, but you might need to spend hundreds of hours learning a new skill set. Or there might be people who are dragging you down or don't want to see you change. Um, you might need to, uh, learn new things, meet new people. You're very likely going to become, a bigger, better version of yourself to achieve that dream. It doesn't just happen. So you have to get on that road. But if a dream has been given to you and you truly believe it's your dream, um, you, this might make you a little sick in your stomach What I'm about to say, but if it was given to you, uh, it's yours, it's, it's, it is your dream to be had and you need to pursue it. Um, it, if it's still in your mind, it's probably been nagging you for maybe months, maybe even years, maybe even decades. Well, there's a reason for that. So you need to listen to that voice. I'm not saying, by the way, it would be irresponsible and immature of me to say, drop everything and go do that. That's for you to decide. But like I'm saying, you know, there's probably a way that you could be spending some of your time chasing this dream. We often, if we really assess where we're spending all of our time, we're so busy, but we, we make time for the things we want. So I'd encourage you to make some time and start, start on that road. Last thing, cause I can't help but say it. Um, Dan Sullivan again, uh, from strategic coach says, look, when you set out on a journey, whatever that journey is, and you have an end in mind, um, oftentimes what he calls the strategic byproducts, the things that happen along the way to achieve this goal are more valuable than the actual goal in the end. So you, you become a, a person of more confidence with more skills that opens more opportunities to even chase more things. So those are a few of the lessons I've learned along the way. Wow. So powerful. Thank you, Nick. I mean, that's guys, I hope you guys are listening to paying attention because it's so much value right here. Um, and, and then as you said, is a reason why we call that dream and it's our dream to fulfill and vision of that dream, not, it's not always clear to others till manifests, right? And then all of a sudden, everybody's like biggest cheerleaders and supporters. Very few people can see what we see, but that doesn't mean we should give up. That is huge, huge lesson because so many people actually do that. So do you mind, since you mentioned in Larry King, uh, do you mind sharing what did you learn? Because we obviously lost him, and, and I think he was an exceptional human being. Unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to meet him in person. I was invited to one event in San Diego, and I had a conflict of interest. Otherwise, I will have a chance to kind of be behind the scene. And uh, But again, you had a chance not only to interview him and work with him, but also to know him very well personally. So do you mind sharing from that legend, from a legendary perspective of uh, who was Larry King to you and, and what did you learn from him? 
Yeah, uh, I'd love to share that. And just uh, in the in the respect of sort of honoring him and his legacy, I don't want anyone to think I, we weren't best friends. We didn't talk every day or anything, but we had a we had a partnership, and he was a mentor. And the 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 relatively few hours I got with him were were more than most anyone else gets, but super impactful in, in a lot of ways because of my curiosity, because I believed he had some answers that probably only Larry King might be able to give you. Um, you know, I learned uh, a lot of things. I would say the thing that I learned uh, from him that I would, I'm not even sure he said it, but based on sort of the triangulation of the things he shared with me, one of the things I think is probably the most valuable that I could share with you is that, um, you know, we often, whether it's doing interviews like this, and of course he has done hundreds of thousands of interviews, you know, um, we often have a preconceived notion of the conversation we want to have, uh, the conversation we want to deliver to our audience, him on CNN for decades, you on this live stream, me on my shows, my documentaries, whatever it is. And I think, um, for me, um, it took him saying something to me to realize that while I had an idea for a conversation that I would like, that I think I'd like to have the best conversation I could ever have would be the conversation that's in the room that day. So instead of I should prepare and inform myself for a conversation that could be had, but the conversation that that person wants to have that day and the conversation that lights up their eyes and gets them motivated and excited, like never be afraid to go down that rabbit hole because that's actually the conversation you're supposed to have today. Not the one that's on paper or the one you think you're going to have. Um, I, I parallel a lot to when I write a song in songwriting, when I first started out songwriting, you know, when you decide you want to be a songwriter and you're going to collaborate with other songwriters, you know, you, because you had these ideas on your own to begin with, you you walk into the room and part of your job is to come with great ideas. But you should a mentor of mine said, Hey Nick, you need to come with ideas as part of your job, but you need to be you need to realize that so did the other people in the room. And the honestly, the best song you could write that day, the most natural song you can write that day is the song that's in the room. And it's in the room because of those two or three or four or five people who are together and all of your ideas. Don't be so rigid going, this is the song we need to write today. While sometimes it is the one you throw out the idea of that. And they're like, oh man, let's write that. But sometimes it's like, well, how about this? Or what if I spun that idea? And the beautiful collaboration of humanity when you're collaborating with someone is that song you make or that interview you get to have because it is that just perfect moment in time, the day, the week, the month, the hour, and the mindset you both have coming into the room that allows that conversation to happen that would have never happened in any other place. So enjoy that. There's a little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of un uh, insecurity in that too, for sure. But you're always going to have the most magic moments. I mean, I have a series on Amazon that Larry ended up producing with me um, and it came through the relationship of me interviewing him and showing him what I was trying to do in it. And he thankfully liked it. I said, well, would you partner with me? He said, sure. And so, um, that was like unexpected, but Larry says so many things in that interview. He's like, Hey, let me share something with you. I've never shared before. I'm like, why would you share with me? A guy with no name in an interview that like, why would you share something that you've never shared before? Like, but what, what we did is I, I allowed him the security in the moment to share something he wanted to share. And it just happened to be something he never shared before. So, uh, you know, a, a big lesson I learned from him is, is go with the guests, go with their curiosity and, and just dive in. You're all, if you get all in, you know, you have enough 
brain power and thoughts and you know what your audience wants to to try to redirect or to try to to pull the nuggets out that they're going to talk about but let the have the best conversation in the room that day and that's one of the the best pieces of advice i've learned and that i could share that is brilliant and i love it because a lot of times when we are so um structured I feel like we kill spontaneity also and and the beauty is all about that human connection and you don't build such a great rapport so absolutely i'm, I'm glad to see your passion coming through as well and and it's just such a again an honor to have you because we have some friends and uh, in common and and people that have tremendous admiration for your work not only through the dreamer documentary that you did last year and what got three emmys for it which i just really want to congratulate you Thank but you. but just shows this pattern of success over and over and recognition because you're creating the value you're providing the value extract the best out of the people and 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 that is the art and that is the craft that not many people have so do you mind sharing a little bit about that, how you go deeper and, and how you make that happen? To how, if you don't mind, what is that magic in your opinion? Because to create something that is legendary as while people are still alive versus when they pass and cross over, it's like two, two different dimensions in my mind, in my world. So do you mind sharing your point of view? Yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, how do I get those moments to happen? I, I think it's because I actually care. Like it's, it's, um, I think, and again, I think it comes back to, to me, it's a biblical principle of serving others. Like I'm there, I make it very obvious to that person that I am here to serve you. I'm here to help you with whatever it is you want to help with. Like, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to share? What do you want the world to know? L let's go there and I'll do it with care because I actually, I actually give a damn. Like, so let's, let's start there. And when you, when you let people know that it's, it's shocking the armor that falls off, even particularly with the more, the most successful people in the world, because so few people approach them to serve. They all think that, you know, most people think, Oh, because Larry King or, you know, I have Rudy's Jersey here. behind me. They're so successful that they should give me something like, what do they have for me? Instead of just showing up and just saying, Hey, well, what, what, what can I do for you? How can I, here's my skills. I know what you do. Like how, how can I help you? And so I think just most people, um, I'm not, uh, not faulting it. I'm just saying most people don't think of it that way. So perhaps you could adjust your thinking and think, Oh, how can I, no matter who it is, a, a billionaire, the most successful person in the world, whatever, I've never gone wrong by trying to figure out, hey, how could I actually be of help to this person? And not just the, we've all seen the pithy email line, well, is there any way I can serve you? Well, I mean, maybe, but like, I mean, like really, like how, how might I help someone? And sometimes I help someone without even asking, or I, I make a connection or a share and then that allows me to have the conversation like, wow, who are you? And how, I didn't, wasn't expecting you to send this along. Like, what do you, they'll sometimes be like, what do you want from me? Like, what, you know, is there something I owe you? Like, no, no, I just was trying to help you out. And it opens the conversation of like, oh, maybe we could help each other out. And so uh, that's how, sort of how I approach it. Yeah, having that initial uh, open, open-minded, no, no end goal attached. People know when you have agenda versus when you're just genuinely, truly, curiously, you wanted to help them out, which is also obviously a huge fundamental thing to storytelling because then you allow them to share, to build a trust, 
And as a result, you can convert, convert that story in so many different ways through your art and craft that you use and that is multifunctional from podcasts to writing the songs to writing the books or creating documentaries. So do you mind sharing with the audience? That's why we're, we're feeling like everything is now coming with sharing your personal story and as a result, sharing your experiences. What would you recommend for people but as a storyteller, as an expert storyteller, uh, what does the storytelling means to you and how do you approach that? So I really learned storytelling, I guess, from making all these documentaries, but I, I sort of in the, you know, in the, the business world, um, they call a story something different. They call it a brand. And so a brand is simply a story. Branding is just storytelling and a great brand is a story that other people want to share for you. So what I encourage people to do is look, the, the only thing that you have that cannot be copied, straight copied is the story is your unique story and journey that led you to where you are today. That makes you the most uniquely suited person in the world to serve the ideal customer client person for you. Now, most people forget all that and just try to sell. And it's so like, but you have a journey that leads, like there's a lot of people that like, there's a, a potential client today who, you know, I just didn't really think her, her perspective, we'll call it, would align very well with the work we do. And I said, you know, um, let's, it, you, we're probably not a good fit for you. And she was a little offended. Like, you want to, you want to my money? You're too, like, no, no, no. Like, you're just probably not a good fit. We just are coming from very different places. But being able to recognize that saves me a lot of heartache six months or a year from now. Like, that to me is huge. But having the confidence to do that, but it's because I've learned. Um, I've learned from my past experiences and mistakes, but also I, I realize now like why I do what I do and what my story is. And so I would just say for people who are looking to maybe some ways to develop their story, I'll put it this way. If you were to go back and, uh, you know, thirds is easy. We'll go back to thirds. Um, if you were to divide your life up into thirds. So for most yeah. of it's probably their childhood, maybe through grade school, maybe it's college and their professional career, whatever it was. Um, what about, um, Divide your life up in those thirds and then write down in each of those thirds, five to 10 experiences within that time period, both positive and negative. So five or 10 positive, five or 10 negative. And I guarantee you when you go back and look at that, maybe, you know, go through it and, and pick maybe the most influential ones. And I guarantee you that those experiences are, those experiences are informing what you're doing every day in your life and your business right now, you probably just never took the time to sort of honor them and realize where these things were coming from. I mean, there's these great hurts, these great victories. They, they really inform us like subconsciously of what we should do next or what we should never do again. And so I would say the more you do that and you start having those conversations, of course, with those close to you, maybe with some prospects, maybe with some customers, you'll start seeing what, what lands with people and what, uh, and, and you'll find that a lot of the reasons why people work with you is because whether you could articulate it before or not, um, they have sort of a common, they have a common feeling with you, a, a common gut feeling. And it's because they probably value the same things you value. But when you take the time to realize why you value the things that you value, and then you start using those as part of your, well, let me tell you a little bit more about where I came from and what I'm, what I'm all about. Um, that, that creates not only a relationship with your client, um, it articulates how different you are than everybody else. And it will very quickly and easily, I would say, inform both parties, whether 
this is a good fit or not. And I can assure you, and I'm sure you know, anyone who's had any experience knows that, uh, particularly when it comes to business, we'll go that, you know, I would much rather not make that money that's painful than take that money and regret it because of a bad alignment or a bad fit. You always end up spending more time, money, effort, trying to make it go away and make it right. And, and when, if you just would have avoided it, uh, you'd be much happier typically. Wow. That, that is like fantastic answer. And, and again, I love because you're also highlighting how important it is to be authentic and be comfortable with who you are. Uh, and then it's also important to see we're having a lot of listeners joining us from different parts of the world. I have uh, uh, some great friends join us from Australia. I just want to honor our, our audience here from obviously North America. We have some from Middle East and we're having some from Latin America. So it's amazing. And Europe, actually. So thank you guys for listening. Feel free to uh, also uh, comment and also ask some questions while we're still having Nick here. Time is flying very fast when we're having fun and we're having such a great expert here to share how to be a legendary storyteller, how to be legendary, period. Because uh, again, it doesn't start with the legends on the top immediately, builds up that expertise over a period of time, starts with curiosity. And, and, and also with passion. So, I mean, obviously you explored such amazing things and I kudos you for being such a huge humanitarian, for working on such a hard and challenging issues. Uh, I'm all currently involved in human trafficking, specifically focused on children trafficking. I'm seeing what you did, did in, in Haiti. I'm seeing what you involved uh, through your posts in, in the current time. So do you mind sharing a little bit about, you know, different side of Nick, uh, the, 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 the one with the strong passion, heart, obviously with humanity, but willingness to do something that is also uh, never done before because you did um, many things that were uh, quite a bit risky and, and, and you made them happen. Well, yeah, I don't know if it never been done before. I had never done it before. I'll tell you that. Um, and I think, look, um, for me, it was an opportunity that presented itself. Uh, you know, a friend of mine, Russell Brunson, he said, Hey, Nick, would you? He had known me from some of my business work and then seen some of my documentary work. And he said, Hey, would you be willing to make a documentary if I funded it on the topic of child sex trafficking? And I said, Well, of course. Like, how um, I feel like if I said no, uh, I would be. I should be struck down. Uh, I, I need to, I need sure if, if I've been given this skill set and this ability, and I don't use it for something like that. Like, what am I even doing? So that was pretty easy, but I never expected we'd end up in a raid and all those other things. That was just sort of a, a natural progression of what happened. But, you know, I would say that um, my eyes were completely shut to human trafficking. Um, I was aware of, Let's put it as I was aware of like prostitution, which I didn't realize how much of that is actually um, against people's will and how much trafficking or have ended up there based on manipulation and certainly bad life circumstances. But I was, I think as much, I was very judgmental of prostitution because I, you know, I was taught like that's bad, stay away from it, which you know, I don't think is a really healthy thing, but I never really thought about how that person got there. Right. So there's a lot of that. I'm doing a lot of, we've done work in Haiti. So first of all, all the stuff I've done with the human trafficking has been with Operation Underground Railroad with Tim Ballard. Russell introduced me. Amazing organization. Um, they brought they opened my eyes and brought me into that world. We did Operation Toussaint. You can see on Amazon Prime or even YouTube because a lot of the world couldn't get it on Prime. Um, in Haiti, we did a film in Colombia called Triple Take, which did some film festivals, but it's not out 
mass public yet. We are fil- finishing a film in Iraq right now in Australia. And then um, we, I'm, I was inspired based on that because of how few people, first of all, it was me. And then what I was learning was happening all around us in the United States, but I didn't know about it. And then I'd come back and I had this knowledge and people were intrigued and really saddened by the things that were happening in Iraq and Colombia and Haiti. And they were kept saying things like, Oh man, it's so sad. This is happening in all these other places. And I kept saying, no, you don't understand it's happening right here. And I, as I learned how trafficking happens all around us and we don't see it. Um, I I'm finishing up currently a film called it's happening right here, uh, based on that term. And I would just say, um, look to me, it was just the right thing to do. Um, you know, I did two, been to three dangerous places doing that now. And I promised my wife I won't do any more and my kids. Um, <laughs> you know, it was amazing experiences. I didn't feel in danger much of the time, but there are risks involved, but it just seemed like the right thing to do. And I, I had faith and, and just thought I it's just what I was supposed to do. Um, but I, I think what I could share with people for the most part right now that I think would maybe be of the most help quickly would be that most trafficking happening particularly in the United States, but also a lot of other places is a lot of it's digital, uh, mostly teenagers, but also adults get, um, tricked into get fooled. Um, don't realize the risks and perhaps maybe send some, uh, some photos across the internet. They think it's gonna be sort of harmless. Um, and then someone on the other side, uh, is not who they say they are and they use those photos to exploit someone and more importantly to make them do things against their will. And so I will say that, look, as a person who's been a teenager in my life, uh, a person, I mean, certainly, uh, you know, we were created, uh, as hormonal sexual beings in a way, right. I mean, it's part of how we, how we continue life on this earth up to this point. Uh, so, uh, at the very least I'll say that, you know, um, we have lots of, uh, especially I think as, as our brains are forming, but again, it happens to older people too. We, I could definitely see how a teenager could be duped into sending a nude picture in, in, in exchange for another one from someone who they are attracted to. And at that moment, it could be harmless or at that moment, your life could change. And I would say, um, look, uh, here's the conversation as there's many conversations could be had, but as a parent or someone who loves a young person, particularly a parent, I think the conversation is probably not happening. That needs to happen is, Hey, first of all, don't ever send naked pictures of yourself across text or your net. Like, I know you know that, but just remember that when when it seems like a good idea for some strange reason at some point. And if and when you make a mistake and you do that because you are human, I think most parents don't want their kids to know that they make mistakes. Like I tell my kids, like I I still do things. I'm like, why did I do that? I I make mistakes sometimes because I am by nature human. Um, But the key is when if and when you make that mistake, I know it's going to be super embarrassing, but I want you to come and talk to me because that one awkward conversation, I'm the one of the few people in the world who can who will want to help you in that situation and don't let one embarrassing conversation, one awkward conversation that you don't want to have with me. Don't let that stop you from having that conversation with me and making a thousand other mistakes because you're being manipulated. Come to me, let's deal with it. And so I think most people aren't having that conversation. Like, Hey, I know this is going to be awkward. Don't do it. But if, and when you do it and whenever you make a mistake, 
I want to give you a safe space to come talk to me uh, because, and, and I just think most people aren't having that conversation. So a lot of cases, a lot of kids are scared, suicidal, living in mansions, living in gated neighborhoods, living, it doesn't matter the socioeconomic, you know, uh, cases they're in. Um, they, they don't feel like they have a, a safe place to share that. So they go into a life that they never intended and make, they get manipulated and make thousands of mistakes because they, they, that conversation was never had. Excellent point and excellent perspective, but you also have to be that you have a capacity as a parent to create a safe space. And, 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 and that's why we as adults need to create a space, not only just for our children, if we have some, but also for others and, and be great role models and create opportunity where they can trust us to tell us, right? And educate them. And that's why such a power of the stories and stories that you actually pick and decide to, to convert into bigger stories, which is through the documentary storytelling. And I have here Marco asking really great questions and actually they're all connected. Uh, so what, what makes a great story? And then follow-up question is where you find inspiration for your stories and what is your biggest story that impacts you personally? So would you? Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot there. Um, what makes a great story? Uh, a great story is, um, is a story that draws you in on an emotional human level uh, to, to think through, I mean, I would say a great story is something that makes you, that makes you think through walking a mile in someone else's shoes. Uh, there's probably other definitions, but I'll, I'll say that it's, it's something that makes you think, Hmm, I wonder what's, what's that like? Because we all live in this, in this, this one body, right? And we, we have interactions with other people, but 100% of our time here on earth is spent through our own our own viewpoint. And so I think a great story is a story that makes you consider a different viewpoint, whatever that is. Right. And so, uh, I think also, by the way, a secret to getting people to watch a great story or read something you put out, whatever is just a very quick secret is cognitive dissonance. If you can say something like, um, eating McDonald's every day will make you healthier. Now, if it's just a lie, it doesn't help you. But if, if you have something that is, that, is not common knowledge and doesn't seem like common sense, but it, it actually is true. You can always get someone to lean in. So there's a, a secret there. Um, uh, where do I find inspiration for stories, man? They're all around all of us. Look, I mean, there's, I get now a lot of people want to share stories with me. And of course, the more you hear, the more you get to see, wow, that's really unique or really special, really different as opposed to just, if you only have three stories, you get to pick from three. If you hear a thousand, you get to pick from a thousand. If you're picking one, you're typically going to get a better one. Right. Um, and then, uh, but they're all around you. And so I get inspiration all around me. Um, I just try to, I try to stick with things that, uh, there are, there's a, there's a positive focus on trying to make things better, whether that's a dream or what is it, is it, what can it inspire someone to be better? I don't like to do things that are just, um, just, uh, just make people feel negative and there's no real good answers. There's no one like just whatever that, that just incite people and make them angry. That's not my deal. Um, and then the biggest story that's impacts me personally. I mean, I think that's, um, a growing story for me, uh, in general, I'll answer that in general and then maybe more specific answer, but for me, faith, like understanding, um, you know, my, my walk with God and I'm a Christian. So with Jesus, like that to me is like the most impactful story to me. And what, what am I going to do with the knowledge and the, and the responsibility that's been given to me as a human being, that's a super impactful one. And then, but I would say from like a, 
an actual story that I helped tell of someone else's, uh, you know, doing that first film in Haiti and seeing human trafficking victims and being a part of, you know, just documenting that rescue and just, just opened my eyes to a, a world I didn't know existed. And there's so many millions of people being manipulated and, and what, you know, again, how could I even play a small part in that? How could I maybe with this film that's happening right here, if I could, you know, if we spend millions of dollars on making this documentary and one parent or one kid avoids that fate worth it all day long. Wow. 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 Fantastic share. And thank you for sharing again, uh, what impacts you and, and how you also know how to translate that can impact others. And I love how you shared also how we can share something that others will buy in. And as a result, wanted to watch, wanted to read, wanted to be involved. So in closing, I know you have, uh, other things going on pretty soon you have to jump on. But do you mind, Nick, just to tell us um, what, what, what one thing, if you can distill, what it takes to tell, to what it takes to be legendary and, and be legendary and exude something that really sets you apart, but also on collective level still help you to resonate with everybody else? Yeah, I think uh, if you want to be uh, legendary, um, whatever that definition is to you, to me, that would be, uh, having other people excited about what you're doing and, you know, and to have you in their life. Right. So I would say that that's all about figuring out how can I, how can I be a part of uh, and improve something that's way bigger than me, not just myself. How can I be a part of, um, how can I do something or, or do a series of events that, serve so many people that they can't help but know who I am if that's your goal. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, and so let's put it this way. If your goal is to be legendary, um, if you, you could tie that with the Zig Ziglar quote, I believe it's Zig Ziglar, uh, of, you know, if you help enough other people get what they want in life, you get what you want. And so by the nature, if you help enough people achieve whatever it is they desire to achieve, they're going to know who you are. And so that to me would be becoming legendary. That is brilliant. And the reason I brought up that question, because people, when they look at a repertoire with people that you work with, they're, they're like living legends, right? And then people feel like they're out of reach or, or they aspire to be one, but they don't know the path forward. They don't know who they need to be in order for them also to make impact and you spot on more people we impact, more we serve, more we make a difference. Uh, more we will progress and as a result turning to now I won't say it's not a, for me it's more about legacy right what will be my legacy or legacy leadership but I know that a lot of uh, people aspire also for that uh, legend moment and, and and wanted to see how to reach the goal so anything else in closing before you dash to another meeting no, thank you for having me. Uh, if anyone wants to find me, you can find me most everywhere under under Nick Nanton. The thing you can do that helps me the most uh, is leaving a review on any of my books or films or series. Uh, the rev reviews are like the hardest thing to get. That is so interesting. You spot on specifically with the podcast, right? Like I was just, just like everybody's listening, but then it's like, it's just comment, say hello, say something, right? And why do you think, why is that? I'm curious, specifically when you're saying for someone like yourself who has a really huge following and a lot of fans, why do you think is that challenging to make it happen? I think it's really hard to get someone 
to give someone else value and giving you a review. Like it, what is it going to do for them? Like, I mean, I buy stuff from Amazon all the time. I always get emails asking for me to review something and I don't do it. I mean, just cause I'm busy doing other things. And so someone has to want to do it for you or you have to make such a big impact that they do. And so, you know, it's just human nature. So I'm not mad at it, but always trying to get better at it. <laughs> thank you we learned something else as well so guys please make sure i will post the link after this live where you can find nick and make sure you leave some great reviews because he shares tremendous value here nick uh looking forward to chatting soon again and i appreciate your time today thanks for having me on take care cheers thank you for listening to legacy leader show if you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience then please leave us a positive rating in addition Leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.